Shoes and Stockings, a collection of short stories by Louisa May Alcott. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn Francis. My Red Cap, Part 2, by Louisa May Alcott. I never expected to see Joe again, but six months later we did meet in a Washington hospital one winter's night. A train of ambulances had left their sad freight at our door, and we were hurrying to get the poor fellows into much-needed beds, after a week of hunger, cold, and unavoidable neglect. All forms of pain were in my ward that night, and all bore with the pathetic patience which was a daily marvel to those who saw it. Trying to bring order out of chaos, I was rushing up and down the narrow aisle between the rows of rapidly filling beds, and after brushing several times against a pair of the largest and muddiest boots I ever saw, I paused at last to inquire why they were impeding the passageway. I found they belonged to a very tall man who seemed to be already asleep or dead. So white and still and utterly worn out he looked as he lay there, without a coat, a great patch on his forehead, and the right arm rudely bundled up. Stooping to cover him, I saw that he was unconscious, and whipping out my brandy bottle and salts soon brought him round, for it was only exhaustion. "'Can you eat?' I asked, as he said, "'Thank you, ma'am,' after a long draught of water and a dizzy stare. "'Eat? I'm starvin,' he answered, with such a ravenous glance at a fat nurse who happened to be passing, that I trembled for her, and hastened to take a bowl of soup from her tray. As I fed him, his gaunt, weather-beaten face had a familiar look, but so many faces had passed before me that winter, I did not recall this one till the wardmaster came to put up the cards with the newcomers' names above their beds. My man seemed absorbed in his food, but I naturally glanced at the card, and there was the name Joseph Collins to give me an additional interest in my new patient. "'Why, Joe, is it really you?' I exclaimed, pouring the last spoonful of soup down his throat so hastily that I choked him. "'All that's left of me, while ain't this luck now?' gasped Joe, as gratefully as if that hospital cot was a bed of roses. "'What is the matter? A wound in the head and arm?' I asked, feeling sure that no slight affliction had brought Joe there." right arm gone shot off as slick as a whistle i tell you it's a singular kind of a feelin to see a piece of your own body go flyin away with no prospect of ever comin back again said joe trying to make light of one of the greatest misfortunes a man can suffer that is bad but it might have been worse keep up your spirits joe 
"'We will soon have you fitted out with a new arm almost as good as new.' "'I guess it won't do much lumbering. "'So that trade is done for. "'I suppose there's things left-handed fellers can do, "'and I must learn em as soon as possible, "'since my fightin' days are over.' and Joe looked at his one arm with a sigh that was almost a groan. Helplessness is such a trial to a manly man, and he was eminently so. "'What can I do to comfort you most, Joe? I'll send my good Ben to help you to bed, and will be here myself when the surgeon goes his rounds. Is there anything else that would make you more easy?' "'If you could just drop a line to Mother to let her know I'm alive, "'it would be a sight of comfort to both of us. "'I guess I'm in for a long spell of hospital, "'and I'd lay easier if I knew Mother and Lucindy weren't fretting about me.' "'He must have been suffering terribly, "'but he thought of the women who loved him before himself, "'and, busy as I was, I snatched a moment to send a few words of hope to the old mother. Then I left him layin' easy, though the prospect of some months of wearing pain would have daunted most men. If I had needed anything to increase my regard for Joe, it would have been the courage with which he bore a very bad quarter of an hour with the surgeons. For his arm was in a dangerous state, the wound in the head feverish for want of care, and a heavy cold on the lungs suggested pneumonia as an added trial to his list of ills. He will have a hard time of it, but I think he will pull through as he is a temperate fellow with a splendid constitution, was the doctor's verdict as he left us for the next man, who was past help with a bullet through his lungs. I don't know as I hanker to live and be a burden. If Jim was able to do for mother, I feel as if I wouldn't mind stepping out now I'm so fur along. As he ain't, I suppose I must brace up and do the best I can, said Joe, as I wiped the drops from his forehead and tried to look as if his prospect was a bright one. "'You will have Lucindy to help you, you know, "'and that will make things easier for all.' "'Think so? "'Pears to me I couldn't ask her to take care of three invalids for my sake. "'She ain't no folks of her own, nor much means, "'and ought to marry a man who can make things easy for her. "'Guess I'll have to wait a spell longer "'before I say anything to Lucindy about marrying now.' and a look of resolute resignation settled on Joe's haggard face as he gave up his dearest hope. "'I think Lucindy will have something to say, if she is like most women, and you will find the burdens much lighter for sharing them between you. Don't worry about that, but get well, and go home as soon as you can.' "'All right, ma'am.' and Joe proved himself a good soldier by obeying orders and falling asleep like a tired child as the first step toward recovery. For two months I saw Joe daily, 
and learned to like him very much. He was so honest, genuine, and kind-hearted. So did his mates, for he made friends with them all by sharing such small luxuries as came to him, for he was a favorite. And better still, he made sunshine in that sad place by the brave patience with which he bore his own troubles, the cheerful consolation he always gave to others. A droll fellow was Joe at times, for under his sobriety lay much humor, and I soon discovered that a visit from him was more efficacious than other cordials in cases of despondency and discontent. Roars of laughter sometimes greeted me as I went into his ward, and Joe's jokes were passed round as eagerly as the water-pitcher. Yes, he had much to try him, not only in the ills that vexed his flesh, but the cares that tried his spirit, and the future that lay before him, full of anxieties and responsibilities, which seemed so heavy now when the strong right arm that had cleared all obstacles away before was gone. The letters I wrote for him, and those he received, told the little story very plainly, for he read them to me, and found much comfort in talking over his affairs, as most men do when illness makes them dependent on a woman. Jim was evidently sick and selfish. Lucindy, to judge from the photograph cherished so tenderly under Joe's pillow, was a pretty, weak sort of a girl, with little character or courage to help poor Joe with his burdens. The old mother was very like her son and stood by him like a hero, as he said, but was evidently failing, and begged him to come home as soon as he was able, that she might see him comfortably settled before she must leave him. Her courage sustained his, and the longing to see her hastened his departure as soon as it was safe to let him go. For Lucindy's letters were always of a dismal sort, and made him anxious to put his shoulder to the wheel. She always set considerable by me, mother did, being the oldest, and I wouldn't miss making her last days happy, not if it cost me all the arms and legs I've got, said Joe as he awkwardly struggled into the big boots an hour after leave to go home was given him. It was pleasant to see his comrades gather round him with such hearty adieus that his one hand must have tingled, to hear the good wishes and the thanks called after him by pale creatures in their beds, and to find tears in many eyes besides my own when he was gone. And nothing was left of him, but the empty cot, the old gray wrapper, and the name upon the wall. I kept that card among my other relics, and hoped to meet Joe again somewhere in the world. He sent me one or two letters, then I went home. The war ended soon after, time passed, and the little story of my main lumberman was laid away with many other experiences which made that part of my life a very memorable one. End of Part 2